Off the Bench is a podcast created by ASCLS that will discuss the scientific and not so scientific ideas in laboratory medicine. We are joined by members of ASCLS, fellow scientists, educators, and researchers, along with those interested in the profession. We share ideas and talk nerdy. This episode of Off the Bench is sponsored by the University of Cincinnati Online. If you have laboratory experience, you can qualify for the Master's in Medical Laboratory Science Leadership at the University of Cincinnati Online. This fully online graduate program teaches you the skills you need to excel and become a leader in the lab and beyond. Visit online.uc.edu slash MLSL to learn more. Hello, and welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Chandrasekhar. And today, listeners, you are in for a creepy, disgusting, and spectacular treat. I am joined today by the illustrious and renowned Dr. Brandy Gonzalez, <laughs> and she is here for story time. Brandy, would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Dr. Brandy Gonzalez. Uh, I pathology utilization at what is now Wellstar MCG Health, formerly AU Medical Center. Um, I have been an MLS for over 20 years. I've worked in uh, research labs before that, and I did teaching as well. And I've I've done a whole lot of different stuff and worked in a lot of different places. And I'm excited to share some of my um, more unusual stories <laughs> from my career today. <laughs> We are so excited to hear them. Like, I am so excited to hear them. So are, uh, so is Dorian. So is Julia, our uh, person in charge. So we're all super excited. And we can't, ah, this is going to be such a good episode. <laughs> well, I, I hope that listeners enjoy. And, and some of those that may be a little bit older might remember when we used to do things a little bit different. <laughs> I still remember, you know. When we used to mouse pipette and loud, <laughs> you only need a mouse full of picric acid oh. once to know that you'll never do that again. <laughs> oh, okay. So that actually reminds me, uh, viewer, uh, sorry, listener discretion is advised. Uh, there is going to be gross topics. There are going to be potentially scary topics in terms of like scarring mentally scary. Um, there will be, uh, uh, if you're squeamish, maybe skip or listen to this with your, maybe don't like be actively sipping your hot chocolate while you're listening to this, you know, take a break. Don't listen to this in public, maybe, you know, again, <laughs> listener discretion is advised. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but th these are all um, actual cases and stories from my career. So uh, I will start with um, this is this was actually quite some time ago when I was uh, working in a large medical center in New Orleans, which you know New Orleans has its own flair of its own. <laughs> but the the facility that I worked at the the blood bank was right next door to the emergency room, and whenever they needed blood, we would actually you know. Uh, bring the blood over to them and in extreme trauma cases you know we would hang it we wouldn't spike it that was up to the nurse and everything but we would we would actually you know hang it on the pole and there was one 
a guy that came in. He 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 was a, a drive-by dump where you know local gang just literally drove by and dumped him at our, in in our trauma bay. And they came in and they, they I had my trauma pager. <laughs> this is back when you know I wore my scrubs and I had like three pagers going down <laughs> my scrub top. Okay? Fully decked out. I was fully decked out in the and in the pager <laughs> bling. For those of you that are old enough that remember, the pagers were the thing. Everybody had a pager before cell phones. Okay. <laughs> But the trauma pager had gone off and, you know, that meant that I had to bring, you know, bag of O negative to the trauma room. Okay, so grab the O negative and I'm bringing it down there, hang it up. And, of course, the pole was right close to the head of the patient and they were trying to intubate him. And when they pulled his neck back, he actually had uh, where his carotid artery had been hit. Mm. And when they pulled it back, it just started spewing everywhere. And so the, the <laughs> physician that was trying to intubate him literally just grabbed my hand and put it on top of his neck. <laughs> and, you know, I'm there and I have my, my scrubs and everything and gloves. That's it. <laughs> the nurse next to me, she had scrubs and gloves and she had uh, so, some, some glasses on, but that was it. And before I, you know, I could get enough pressure on there, the two of us that were standing right there by that pole, we were just getting covered in this guy's blood. <laughs> so they finally get him packaged up and we're taking him to the elevator and her and I are just standing there and she just, because, you know, we were sprayed, sprayed. <laughs> she goes, um, you are going to HIV test this guy, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yep. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. we were both, I mean, it was every, it had gotten in our mouths and it gotten up our nose and got, it got everywhere. <laughs> mm, mm -mm. <laughs> I, I already am familiar with the scent of dried serum from like, you know, when axing spills on the track or something. I can't imagine. I don't even think I want to imagine the feeling of fluids going down my my oh, yeah, just no warms they just spray it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh good thing you had gloves on at least so you, at least your hands were protected oh yeah my, my hands but you know my face <laughs> <I> was not <laughs> yeah well we had good times uh in new orleans this story is uh also from my time in new orleans um, so well, I would have to go down there from time to time, not only for, you know, bringing blood products, but mm. also to fix label printers for the lab uh. and all, you know, all that fun stuff that lab personnel have to do all the time. And I was down there and I was trying to fix their label printer and they had a trauma that came in and it was this guy. And he was on the gurney on all fours and they had a sheet draped over him. And that sheet was just full of blood. What in the world is going on? Well, then a little while later, I get a delivery to pathology because, you know, anything that is taken off or out of someone has to go to pathology. 
and it was a container full of buckshots. <laughs> this guy's wife had walked in on him on top of another woman, and he she shot his butt full of buckshots, and they had spent all night digging his buckshots out of his ass. Sorry, his rear end. <laughs> I knew things would go to pathology. I didn't realize inanimate objects would also go to pathology. So it's like any yes. anything that's removed. So at, at that facility, that was the the policy was that gotcha. everything that was removed or taken out of someone went to pathology. We got some very interesting items from, you know, um, bottles. Mm. Mm. Coca-Cola bottles, shampoo bottles Ooh. that Ooh. You know, people accidentally fall down and they go into orifices. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hot Wheels cars. Hot Wheels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we've we've gotten animals that are no longer alive. I've heard of I've heard of that happening. For yes yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um including vibrators that are still on mm. That... Mm. wait they're still on like they they couldn't turn it off well no because it had traveled so far up the rectum that they couldn't get it back oh <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. So they had mm-hmm. to go to surgery to remove the vibrator. And when I was called, they, they actually called me to come up to surgery to pick it up. <laughs> they had never turned it off. They left it on. Truly presenting the evidence as it was removed from the body. Yes. 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 <laughs> you have great stories when you work night shift come on now everybody gets to know everyone that is true that is very true the the night shifters you know you you know everybody else in the hospital you work (laughs) night shift and you are like the outcast together so it was you know everybody and everybody you know they Mm -hmm, they know mm -hmm. you oh yeah i i remember um so my my first night first night working as a student employee like you know I did the employee orientation at the hospital and it was like okay it's your first night shift ever you know you go in you read the procedures and I was supposed to go to processing and they're like you know oh we'll put up in processing during the rush so she can kind of like experience the rush help unload the tubes all, all that kind of stuff and that wasn't bad you know I was slightly traumatized because when I went to sleep the next morning I swore I heard the sounds of tube station tubes falling in my apartment and I was like jolt myself away because I thought I heard more even though I was at home um but around seven o'clock this robot comes around and this robot is our surgical pathology robot so anything on our at our facility um if it's after hours and pathology is closed they send the specimens to the core lab and we put it in the fridge until we offload it into the robot and the robot brings it back upstairs and um you know first again first night still student only doing processing um they're like all right we're gonna put the stuff in the robot they hand me two 24-hour urine jugs i was like okay these are jugs jugs of urine interesting and one laboratory scientist says to the other she says you can get the leg and i was like leg is that like an acronym like l-e-g what does leg stand for 
like because i'm holding jugs of urine right so maybe just like j-u-g versus l like something and i remember he picked up the bag this like white bag and he walked in front of me and as he's walking in front of me i just see a foot pressed against the back of the bag and my brain goes oh that's a leg there's a leg in the bag when they said leg they meant leg there was not an acronym that's not an acronym that's a leg (laughs) (laughs) it's like a 30 foot walk to get outside to the robot and put stuff in the robot and um you know i'm waiting my turn to offload the jugs of urine into the robot and he has to first put the leg inside the robot and he says i have to bend the knee and i I've never forgotten that. That is a very distinct memory. And then when I completed my student employee night shift stuff and I worked on evening shift for a year and a half, I became the limb person or the large specimen person because a lot of people didn't want to deal with them. I was less squeamish and didn't mind. So if someone had to pass a large specimen through the window, I would be there to catch it and scan it in and track it into our fridge for the robot the next day. So you were the leg person. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I loved working at that facility, uh, and we got to know the people so well on other shifts because night shift, you know, it's a thing <laughs> for all the all of the night shift listeners out there, or anyone who has ever worked, they understand, mm-hmm. they, they they get it. <laughs> One of my favorite members was. I was having a horrible night. Mm. It was absolutely miserable. You know, AC was out uh. in New Orleans in uh. August. Uh. It was, oh, it was miserable. You know, I'd, I'd taken the, the scrub top off. I just had my tank top undershirt on. I had rolled <laughs> up my scrub pants to, to my knees. I mean, <laughs> you do what you gotta do, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had gone down to the e- ER because, you know, their label printer was broken again. <laughs> and the, the charge nurse, Eric, was down there and, and he's like, man, it is miserable. I'm like, I need a vacation like now. I'm tired of this mess. He says, well, if you strip naked and you run down the hall, I can give you a 72 hour one upstairs. <laughs> Drippy sock vacation. Yes. 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 The, the 72 hour vacation upstairs. <laughs> I almost took him up on it, but you know, <laughs> there was too much stuff on the pending log. Yeah. yeah. Has, you know, you've got you gotta clear the pending log before you can go on vacay. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't happen. Yeah, I, I had some really good times there. But alas, I did not stay there. Katrina mm. booted me out, mm. ended up in North Louisiana. Um, and I was at this rural facility. Mm-hmm. And when I mean rural, I mean rural. <laughs> it was like <laughs> about 30 beds. Uh, you, you were at least 45 minutes to an hour from the next closest thing that looked like civilization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you saw a lot of odd things. And I worked night shift there as well this was you know so small that the night shift in the lab was just me it was one person and you did all the phlebotomy and you ran all of the tests and when it was slow you went to the ed to help the one physician and the one nurse (laughs) triage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this was before 
electronic medical records. They were still on paper. Gotcha, gotcha. So they taught me how to, you know, do blood pressures and all that stuff. Okay, so I'm in there helping triage. Um, this lady comes in and I take her vital signs and so so why are you here today? And she goes, I've got divine. Um, excuse me? You know, divine. So I wrote quotes, you know, C slash O complains of divine. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I was like, look, I'm just triaged. I'm going to let them figure this one out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Put the chart up and everything. And it was a male physician and a male nurse. And the, the male nurse, he said, Brandy, I need a chaperone for this one, which meant that they were going to do a, a, a female exam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, This poor girl, someone had told her that if you take a potato and you cut it in half and stick it up your vagina, it works as birth control. And unfortunately, nobody ever said she needed to take the thing out. (laughs) So what do potatoes do in dark, warm, moist environments? They grow. (laughs) They grow. She had vines. Potato vines growing out of her vagina. No, no, no. Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So if vines grow out one end, what grows out the other end? Roots. Roots. No. (laughs) The roots have started growing through her cervix. Oh. mm, mm Mm-mm. We mm-hmm. had to transfer her to a higher level of care, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And she ended up having a, a full a hysterectomy of her uterus and cervix. But um, yeah, potatoes are not the equivalent for birth control, no matter how much of a, a wives' tale that is. Nope. Nope. And if you do decide to go that route and use a potato as like a diaphragm or something, <laughs> take it out. <laughs> So I I will admit I have heard the story from you before, but I just wanted to add I mentioned it to two separate people, one who is the the education specialist in my lab, for, also from Louisiana, and one to a nurse who I met uh, at at a convention one time. Both of them had heard of something similar happening in their hospital, um, at in their recent years. And and uh, specifically, the nurse told me that she had heard that the per- that the potato was used to cleanse of toxins, and that it wasn't. It was less than five years ago. Oh wow! Also horrified me because that means it's still happening. You know? Oh my gosh! It's still happening. Oh my gosh! It's still happening. You 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 would think, but no, no. Potatoes don't. Potatoes remain in your pantry, and in your cooking stuff. They don't. Not go. in your vagina. No, no. I've I've, I've had a, a, an interesting journey, and um, that that rural healthcare facility. Uh, 
had a lot of interesting stuff, but uh, my, my next one is a story from when uh, I was overseeing a lab that was at a large uh, family physician practice. It was a large practice at an urgent care center. And we had this lady that came in and she was scratching all over the place. <laughs> she said, you know, it feels like something's crawling under my skin and she's just itching all over the place. Mm -mm. And I have been to so many doctors. And if you don't help me, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. Mm -hmm. And she had told this to the nurse that was trying to check her in. And uh, I was like, but the nurse came out and, and she was like, this lady's off her rocker. She is like, nuts well before the physician could actually go in the lady came out and she said i've pulled something out of my skin so of course that's when they call me come <laughs> take a look at it and i'm like okay let me put this underneath the microscope and we'll see what and there was something there mm -mm. and I couldn't ID it, but I could see that there was, you know, what looked like a skull X, but it was embedded in into the skin. And so I couldn't really get an ID on it. And then I found out that she was pulling stuff out of her nose and giving oh, it to the nurse. Oh, and no. the nurse came around. She goes, she pulled some, this out of her nose. Can you take a look at this? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> no. Now, previously, this lady had been to so many different doctors who had tried to commit her, told her she was on drugs, told her all this other stuff, but none of them had done one key thing when you're working up a patient. That one key thing is an accurate patient history. Oh, yes. Yes. Because if they had taken an accurate patient history, they would have known that she had gone on a mission trip in South America digging water wells. Mm. Mm. It was actually digging water wells in Peru. Mm -hmm. So there is opportunity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for infection. And nobody, none of the previous physicians had ever considered an opportunity for infection because this is just not something we see here in the States. Right, right. This patient actually had cutanea larva migraines mm -hmm. with ankylostoma duodenalite. Oh, oh, I don't like bugs in the first place, but like... Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. Mm. And she had them everywhere. Everywhere. Usually this is a bug that's kind of self-limiting, you know, it, mm -hmm. it runs its course and it's done. But the next question was this, she had been on this trip like eight months ago. It should have already mm. run its course. We need to treat it, number one, but how is she still having this? So she would let her dog lick her wounds. Oh, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the dog would poop in the garden. 
and she would go outside and do gardening. And so she was getting reinfected from the dog poop and the dog was also infected. So they both had it. Oh, they both had it. We had worked with a vet to get the dog treated as well. Now you would think this would be the end yeah of the case oh no 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 <laughs> told her it's gonna take some time to treat this you know when you're when you're treating parasites you've got to treat the current mm-hmm. and then you're gonna treat what hatches later right right okay it wasn't working fast enough she came in like two to three days later, and she is as sick, sick, sick. We're thinking she's had a reaction to the medication or something. You know, what What in the world's going on? Did her blood work? She had like a, a, a ridiculously low sodium level. Mm. It's like 114 or something. Oh, like, whoa. And she was like sick, sick, sick. And we're like have you taken anything else any other meds where you're going what is she having a reaction to and she pulls out the bag of pesticide that she had bought at home depot across the street and she had made pesticide milkshakes no yes no (laughs) because what we were giving her wasn't working fast enough so she made pesticide milkshakes to kill the worms in her body (laughs) no Mm-hmm. oh did yeah she get better <laughs> she did we we actually we had to admit her and you know she had her own little 72 hour vacay <laughs> she did get better and the dog got better too and we were able to break the cycle but <laughs> craziness. Mm-hmm. craziness oh yeah lots and lots of fun yeah, as soon as you said scratching and digging and mm, all the like, like I, I was one of those that had to cover uh, the parasite images in class, like in my printouts with a sticky note. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't have to see them and I would only look at them if I had to study them, but I just didn't want to like even touch the picture. I'm like one of those, like I can't, I can't do bugs. I can't do, do I can't do holes. This is two of them combined and that's a no, <laughs> that's a no for me. <laughs> No, <laughs> that's my that's my little hell right there <laughs> oh yeah all kinds of fun and and what one of the, the the really cool things you know when you're working in spaces like that you know and, that, and i've been fortunate enough to, to do so during my career is how much interaction you know i've had with other professionals and with patients and i get to see some of this <laughs> crazy, absolutely insane stuff <laughs> that just happens. And it's like, you have a WTF moment. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> this episode of Off the Bench was sponsored by the University of Cincinnati Online. Don't wait any longer to advance in your laboratory science career. Your experience can qualify you for the Master's in Medical Laboratory Science Leadership at the University of Cincinnati Online. You can balance your work and personal commitments while completing your graduate degree. Visit online.uc.edu mlsl to learn more and apply. Oh yeah, lots of stuff. But you know, since this is... October. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And I've done more of the squeamish stuff here. We've got to get to a, a you know a little bit more serious with, spooky with stuff? the spooky Ooh. stuff. Ooh, I love a good spooky. So we're, we're going to go back to my place in New Orleans because, of course, it's got to be New Orleans. Oh yeah, of course. It's I'm pretty sure New Orleans is pretty haunted. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure there's like a ghost tour you can take at every hour of the day. So interesting fact for for those listeners that may not know in new orleans you cannot bury the dead in the ground this oh. is actually where the undead and all of these uh fables have come from coming out of new orleans because the water table is so high that the bodies will actually float back to the surface so you oh, cannot oh. bury the dead in the ground they have to be buried in these mausoleum like structures in cement above the ground oh so when katrina happened and they initially thought there was like 10,000 15,000 people that died it wasn't that it was actually that number the, act, the actual number was i think ended up around 3,000 mm -hmm. what's happening was that all the water had rushed in and was toppling over all of these mausoleums in the cemeteries oh. and all the bodies from the cemeteries were floating up oh but this but it's because you can't bury the dead in, in the ground this is where the undead or <laughs> vampires and everything come are so much associated with that area mm -hmm. so I, i'm i'm working there in in that big hospital in, in new orleans well the, the, i'm gonna tell you two stories one is where i actually did my clinicals so my clinical training at that hospital did not survive Katrina and that was oh. Charity Hospital okay and Charity Hospital was one of the oldest hospitals in the nation that morgue looked like something out of a horror film <laughs> it was insanely scary and they had specimens that were like 150 plus years old in jars stuff that it would be unethical to do because even back then it was you know kind of question well not kind of it, it was unethical for some of the the, the stuff that they did mm -hmm. but like whole heads and and, and weird stuff mm. if anybody has a, gets a chance to google charity hospital in new orleans and you can see some of the pictures from what that morgue and everything used to look like and that they're they're all over the internet but it was it, it, it was creepy because you would walk through some hallways and you just had that feeling that you were being watched the entire time and you would walk down hallways and lights would flicker. Mm, 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 mm. Nope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am running through that hallway. There better not be anybody in my way. I am going from one side to the other very quickly. Oh, yeah. It, it, mm, craziness. But uh, hospital where I was working night shift at. I was working night shift and I was in the, in the back area. Uh, the, this is one of those labs. Everything is all in, in one space. You mm micro and chemistry and heme and blood bank i mean we're all in one one big happy family <laughs> so i'm back in the corner 
and I'm in microbiology and I'm plating up specimens. And I, I, I glanced up and I saw a doctor walking down the, the, the corridor like they were coming back to, to micro. And I was like, crap, what did we do now? We're going to get blamed for something. You know, lab is always blamed for everything. So mm-hmm. I'm just plating specimens and I'm like, okay, you know, he, he should be almost here because it's a, it was a long walk. Mm-hmm. And I glance up and I don't see anybody now. What? What? I'm going, well, maybe Joe got it. Cause Joe was the other guy that I, I I worked with, and so I got up and I and I came around the little little corner that I was in, and I'm I don't see this doctor anywhere, but I I, I see Joe sitting over in chemistry, and I said, "Hey, Joe, do you help that doctor? What 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 was wrong?" He goes, "What doctor?" Mm-hmm. Um, the the doctor that was walking back here. Oh, was was he about you know six foot tall and had you know long white coat? And he had a white beard and, and a clipboard. I said, "Yeah." He says, "Oh, that was Doctor So and So," and I don't remember the name now. And I said, "Okay." He says, "Yeah, he's been dead for about fifty years." Psychologists <laughs> <laughs> there, and they would see him at night occasionally walking down that back corridor of the laboratory i was like oh that's nice maybe you should have told me that before you know decided to work night shift here yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um mm, mm -mm. nope i mean i like ghosts i like the idea of ghosts i don't know how to handle seeing a ghost oh it it was a a full body apparition I didn't, and I, I just glanced up, and I, I thought it was an actual physician that was walking down, and I was like, crap, we did, we did something wrong, I don't, I don't feel like getting up with anybody. Oh, no, it was a ghost. It was a ghost. Fantastic. Is that, is that hospital still, still going? Yes. Oh, so it is still going. If there's anyone listening that still works in that lab and understands this story and is like, oh, yes, I, I've heard of this myself because I've seen it, uh, please leave a message in the comments or, like, you know, send us a message. We would love to know because, oh, that's, I, mm, uh-huh. I nope. I like oh, yeah. spooky in theory. I don't like spooky in practice. <laughs> so I've actually had one more recent. What? In my office where I'm sitting right now. What? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the hospital that I'm at now, it's uh, associated with one of the oldest medical colleges mm-hmm. in the entire nation. And it has been like many other hospitals. You know, you start with one building and they get bigger and they build another building and they build, you know, mm-hmm, on and mm-hmm. on and on. And I'm in the second, my office is in the second to oldest Mm. building. Well, when COVID first started, uh, yeah, we had to result everything manually and get stuff to different places. It was before all the programming got done, but you know, it was beginning of a pandemic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I basically lived in my office for about six weeks. And one night, you know, and I would keep the door closed 
because we occasionally have issues with like homeless trying to, to, to come in and, you know, use our break room as a crashing spot and we'd find them in the restroom and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, not so much anymore. We've got a phenomenal security security team now, but mm. back then it was a little, <laughs> little iffy. So uh, it is about 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I am in my office and my door, it turns, the doorknob turns and it opens. And I'm here thinking that maybe it's just the cleaning crew, you know, EVS coming in late or, secu- you know, a security person has come by making sure there's not a homeless person in my, my office or something. Uh, no, there's nobody there. There's nobody on the entire hall. I'm the only one. I'm like, okay. So I close the door. Mm-hmm. About 30 minutes later or so, I hear the doorknob turn and it open again. I was like, I don't have time for this because I was super busy. And I'm I'm ignoring it, and then the door closes. What? <laughs> and about thirty minutes after that, now it's about you know three three fifteen in the morning. Mm-hmm. The door opens again, and finally, I just turn and said, "Look, I got too much stuff to do. So either in or out, but make up." <laughs> and I haven't heard about it, heard from it since. <laughs> so. It's hard to do, damn it, it's the pandemic. <laughs> At least they were considerate enough to understand the, okay, you are busy, I will leave you alone. Um, yes. I mean, I felt like I was talking to my kids, you know, either in or out, make a decision, just make one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, mm. But mm. There have been people all throughout this hospital that have had doors that have opened. opened yeah that have just randomly opened mm, <laughs> no thank you no thank you it makes it fun <laughs> it makes it interesting <laughs> i haven't seen a full body apparition but i have seen a door open and close here so <laughs> that's mm. nope <laughs> fun 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 stuff the there I do have one other story I didn't know about sharing on this one because I was trying to keep this one a little bit more upbeat. Mm-hmm. So here at um, Medical College Georgia, mm-hmm. there was an unfortunate uh, thing that happened about 150 to 200 years ago, mm-hmm. where they would actually use uh they would purchase slaves to mm. do all of the ex to do experiments and mm-hmm. research and stuff on mm-hmm. and they they buried them in a mass grave mm. the medical college has since uh ex- exhumed those remains Mm-hmm. and have done a lot of work to identify the family members descendants mm-hmm. of those individuals and do reparations right right um you know acknowledging look this happened it 
should never Mm -hmm. have happened, but it did. We're trying to make it right. Mm -hmm. But they think that that is where a lot of the activity Mm. comes from. Gotcha. Okay. I do. I do like that the hospital is making reparations because unfortunately, like, you know, different times, but doesn't mean that, you know, we would ignore the history of a different time. We can at least just make it right. Yes. In a different time. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and they have, have worked extensively here mm-hmm. over the last 10 to 15 years to right the wrongs of the past. Mm-hmm. You know, acknowledging it happened it never should have happened mm-hmm. um, but they they are trying to do right and give you know I, th- I think they have completed the whole project of identifying all the remains and doing uh you know the, the reparations and, and giving all of those individuals that they were able to identify mm-hmm. uh, a proper burial mm-hmm. uh, I know that they weren't able to identify everyone mm. but um of the ones that they could mm-hmm. identify they they did and um but it's it's part of you, you can't run away from the past you, you have to acknowledge that it happened and and do better and mm-hmm. uh, you know try to make sure that it it doesn't happen again and you know we're we're, we're taking and have taken those steps to do so Mm -hmm. Um, but they think that's where a lot of the the activity comes from because it it really started to ramp up Mm. when during like during locally once they started to exhume gotcha okay Mm -hmm. i can can see that that would make sense in terms of ghosts yeah 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 Yeah, i i personally i want to leave it in i think it's good because like i said it 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 acknowledges the history, the unfortunate history, and it at the same time also at least tries to make right by the unfortunate history. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I do appreciate that a lot. You're thank welcome. You. But yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun one. So those are all the stories that I had ready to share with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're uh, most welcome. This and was I hope- fun. Yeah, and I, I really hope everyone also enjoy the stories. And, you know, if you've got your own spooky or or weird or or, or just, you know, along the lines of Halloween kind of uh, kind of stories, feel free to share them uh, with us on the ASCLS Facebook page or, you know, hit us up on uh, uh, Instagram or X, Twitter, I don't know, um, social What's media. Called now? Yeah, I have no idea. Like it's still a tweet is still a tweet, even though it's called X. I'm not sure. Um, Brandy, do you have a social media and do you want people to find you on social media? Sure. Um, yes, I, I'm on Facebook. I, I spend a little bit of time on Twitter, X, Thingy. whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm technically on LinkedIn, although I'm, I'm rarely ever on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, you could reach out to me um and yeah i i share some weird crazy stuff from time to time <laughs> definitely reach out to brandy if you've also had uh if you've seen that uh pathologist walking through the lab or yes. also experienced doors opening and closing on their own um if you if you also want to share stories with me 
I am on uh, Instagram and Facebook as Warbler Works or Warbler.Works on Instagram and Warbler underscore works on uh, Twitter slash X. So, you know, feel free to also drop more stories and who knows, maybe we'll have another spooky story time next October because, Ooh. you know, I know Brandy's not the only one who has spooky stories. I I will say that my quick little story before we finish. Uh, I received a message from somebody last year for a story time last year where um, their blood bank is built right next door to the morgue. So, you know, he's on night shift by himself, matching some stuff, and he thinks there's someone behind him in the coat rack. There is no one behind him in the coat rack, even though there was a figure standing there in the coat rack, but turn around, they're gone. So, you know, um, I will not be working in any place that has a morgue, potentially even close to the lab, because again, I like spooky in theory, not in practice. Um, I like spooky stories. I don't know how to deal with, you know, encountering them in real life, but yeah. Um, thank you so much, Brandy, for sharing your fantastic stories. Absolutely. And if you guys like story time with Brandy, let me know. And maybe we'll have some more story time with Brandy in the future because Brandy is a treasure trove of information and knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much. And bye. This episode of Off the Bench was sponsored by the University of Cincinnati Online. Don't wait any longer to advance in your laboratory science career. Your experience can qualify you for the Master's in Medical Laboratory Science Leadership at the University of Cincinnati Online. You can balance your work and personal commitments while completing your graduate degree. Visit online.uc.edu mlsl to learn more and apply.